This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's a place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here, and we're here one more time at Core Brain Journal, and we have another remarkably unique guest here. And he is joining us not from Tallahassee, not from Possum Hollow, Alabama, but doggone Nigeria. And I don't know the town, David, that you're in. I'll look forward to hearing about it in just a second. But we're going to be talking to David Ajabadi. David Ajabadi is a friend of mine. I'm being very careful with his last name. You notice I hesitated. And David is a guy <laughs> who uh, I met at a Walsh meeting up outside of Chicago, and I was impressed by him immediately. He's a he's a spokesman for brain and body health. He's uh, really on a very important mission that we're going to hear about over in Nigeria and Africa, and he's going to tell about tell us about that in just a moment after my formal introduction. Welcome aboard, David. We're happy to have you on board. Oh, thanks, Chuck. It's great to be on. So just a quick couple of words from the people who are helping us with this. First of all, I want to mention a specific sponsor, uh, the Barry Robinson Center right here in Norfolk, Virginia. The Barry Robinson Center is noted for its holistic approach to residential treatment for children and adolescents. And they are having uh, their approach is really uh, TRICARE friendly. They have an international influence. One of the main issues that they are proud of, that they work hard on, is first of all, they don't do any restraints. They're not a restraint place. So if a person has significant problems, they're going to do something to deal with that child respectfully. And the other thing is they're TRICARE friendly. So they have a a large population of individuals who are globally uh, involved with families that are, uh, you know, having their children come to that, to, to their units. So I work with them here in Norfolk, and I recommend them highly. And we're going to talk more about them in just a minute uh, at mid-break. And then the other folks that we're very happy to have on board are people that Dr. Ajibadi knows, and uh, they're at Direct Health Access. Direct Health Access has a, a an international calling. Uh, they have actually sent some kits. David and I were talking earlier over to Dr. Ajibadi to look at how they're going to work it out in Nigeria because... He and I both know the importance of methylation, uh, cryptopyrrole measurements, copper measurements. You know, the blood levels of these different elements have really, you know, Direct Health is one of the pioneers in the field to get this right. And they have over 3 million results. They've been looking at these issues for years, peer-reviewed evidence. We like data here at Core Brain Journal, and these folks are data mavens. So you're going to hear more about them in just a uh, minute when we take our break at at, uh, mid-program here. So, David, I'm going to say a few words about you, and then we can get into because I'm so curious about some of the things that you're interested. David is the executive director and founder of Brain and Body Solutions Limited, an integrated health center, and a brain and body foundation, an organization focused on educating, focused on educating the general public on brain health related to matters and regarding ongoing, safe, effective breakthrough technologies to alleviate the suffering of children and adults 
who have brain-related medical conditions right there in Nigeria. David Ajabadi received his medical degree from the University of, now I'm not going to pronounce this right, David, Abidan. Okay. Is it Abidan? Ibadan. Ibadan. <laughs> that sounds like a dance step, too. It's so delightful. It's just a beautiful sounding name. Is that in Nigeria? <laughs> it is. It it's is. The first, the first in Nigeria. Okay. So that's great. And so he worked in the radiotherapy and oncology cancer department at the National Hospital there. And then he left for the United States to pursue a more complete study of health, medicine, and human life. He's devoted the last 20 years of his life to studying how the human mind and body work with a focus on understanding how to optimize their comprehensive performances. He has also a keen interest in identifying and studying some of the best research and most critically acclaimed discoveries in medical science, especially in the fields of brain function and cancer. This is what we were talking about just a moment ago. And one of the things we're going to hear about in, is uh, the Brain and Body Foundation collaborates with organizations within Nigeria and the United States to provide nutraceuticals for children in Nigerian hospitals with moderate to severe brain damage. We're going to be hearing about this very serious problem in just a moment. The clinical results seen from these projects are now published in peer-reviewed journals. So he's he's doing a, a, a lot to make a big difference with suffering folks in Nigeria by putting together and, and uh, working with the Brain and Body Foundation over there. So that's a brief introduction. David, why don't you tell us a little more about what, you're, what you do regularly on an everyday basis, who you are as a person, and what your mission is with this, these various projects that you're involved with. Sure thing. Hey, thank you so much again, Chuck, for having me on. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me see, where do I start? Uh, um, I don't know. I'll start with from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I've always been interested in human potential, always been interested in knowing how, how to make uh, people better. How, to, how, how people can uh, maximize their resources, so to speak. Uh, I've always been the superhero. I was a superhero guy who read all the comic books, okay? Mm-hmm. I've always felt we could do a lot more than we were doing. So that I kind of took that whole uh, mindset into medicine. And uh, quite frankly, I was a little disappointed, uh, especially when we were in clinical medicine and we were studying the brain and neurology. And I remember clearly uh, our, our notes, um, the, our, our, lect- our professors would be talking about the brain and brain disorders. And you would have these uh, pages and pages and pages on a particular condition, like dementia, for instance, and describing every minute detail, what it, uh, what it's about, the signs and symptoms, tests, results, and so on and so forth. And then at the end of the... Uh, the lecture, the notes on that disease, it would have about two or three lines about treatment. And most of the time it was just like no treatment, uh, symptomatic relief, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And so I was always kind of frustrated at that. I was like, surely, surely that was a way to do it, to make it better. And uh, when eventually I came to the States, or I went to the States, I, I began to see these answers, and they weren't all, only in one place. They were in places like the Walsh Research Institute. Uh, 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 nutraceutical companies, 
universities, uh, non-university, non-college situations. And so uh, I spent quite some quite some time just learning and going to all these different places and learning from the different people just to try and piece together the answers to the problems we have, uh, not just in Nigeria, but around the world, especially where brain um, uh, disorders and cancer are concerned. So in answer to your question, uh, we, when I, about, about five years now, uh, came back to Nigeria, we started a center called the Brain and Body uh, Center, what we call it, it's registered as Brain and Body Solutions. And so we started going to the hospitals, uh, medical centers, explaining uh, our our findings and trying to get the hospitals and medical doctors and practitioners interested in what we're doing because we saw it as an adjunct in addition to whatever clinical approach they were taking. Uh, and I, to be quite frank with you, Chuck, we just didn't really get uh, much as, well, certainly not as much as uh, reception as I would have hoped for. And mm-hmm. Instead of some PX to who had these kids on a daily basis. So we began to work, especially with, with, with kids with brain, brain disorders, autism, cerebral palsy, there's a lot of that, different genetic order, disorders. And so we began to work on that basis. And eventually, too, we started working with uh, adults. But uh, because Nigeria, most Nigerians, uh, it's, it's costly to actually use the new use the therapies that we're using and uh, many people couldn't pay for that so we be, we realized well if we're going to help these people we're going to have to help them <laughs> really help them so we we, be, we we started the foundation and we started sourcing speaking to our collaborators in the u.s and in nigeria to say well hey we can get better results but we can't help them without funds so Either you supply the nutrients at a, at a discounted price or you donate or you contribute one thing or the other. And so we began to do that. And so we've been helping uh, kids in federal hospitals. I'll take a break here. <laughs> well, so what you're off. saying is the foundation was formed after you began to actually practice over there and look at the nuances and the complexity of what was going on. You said, hey, guys, we, yeah. we're not... We still have suffering over here. We really can't do anything about it because the folks that we're treating are so um, underserved and so economically um, diminished in in their right. in their ability to pay. It's just we can't do anything for them. So we have to come in and identify the suffering. But after we identify it, we even know what we can do about it, but we can't actually pay for it. So then you said, well, let's do this foundation. Let's build a tool to invite people to join us in this uh, in this activity of, of, of caring for these kids and for the people over here. So now, what? And in, in the introduction, and I was interested because even though we talked a great deal, and I very much enjoyed your company, we were talking over there at the Walsh Institute, and uh, I think you had some more time with Walsh over there in uh, uh, France or something, didn't you? Uh, when after after the one in Chicago. Did you no, really? I wasn't. I wasn't able to. I oh, you weren't able to. Okay. Thing. Well, but the bottom line is, we both got a lot out of it. We were just thrilled to be there, and and I just enjoyed speaking yeah. to you so much. And I was thinking, gosh, what's this guy? How's this guy going to do this when he gets back? How can how can we help him? So then then that's 
part of this conversation came from that. It's like, well, I but I didn't realize that you then started a foundation. I didn't know that you had a foundation because we didn't we didn't talk about it at that time. And right, we didn't. Yeah, so many things we talked about. Yeah. So the issue with the foundation is what actually happens with that? If people, is there a way that people can then uh, pitch in and help? How do they know what's happening with their money? What? How, how do, do you have a website? How does all that work? Right. So our uh, uh, website is brainandbodyfoundation.org. Mm-hmm. And for international people outside, outside Nigeria, there's a, a, a link to uh, contribute via pay, PayPal. And then there's a way you can actually say, well, how much you're contrib- contributing and uh, how different how you want it to be used. Um, you could adopt a, a child uh, or just provide nutrients for, uh, and, and we'll, come, we'll try and lay that all that out on the website so people can understand what we're, we're doing. Yeah. But essentially, it's to provide the nutrients. I mean, most of the money goes into uh, purchasing the nutrients, and then, of course, we need to ship them in from the U.S. to our office in Abuja, Nigeria, and that itself is costly as well. So uh, it goes into just making those nutrients available. Yeah. So then what happens is you, one of the things that happens, uh, listeners, is that Dr. Rajabadi does the testing. He looks at what's going on. And I, I imagine, David, that some of this stuff is pretty elemental because there's such a level of problems that pre-exists in the nutritional development. Tell us a little bit about what the problems are with the kids over there, if you could, so we could know what, give us a little picture of what you see every day and what concerns you and why you're so passionate about this, these next steps. Right, sure. Uh, I, I saw this horrible statistics, and I think it's horrible. Uh, basically, what it says is that about 70% of kids aren't born in, are not delivered in a traditional, I said, conventional hospital. They're either born at home or in the traditional areas and just outside the care of a skilled medical personnel. So that in itself speaks screams of a problem, right? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So we've had, uh, so just, unless you and I were talking just before the presentation, uh, this, this talk, is that all the circumstances around the delivery of the child are very far from optimal. So we've had kids who their mother maybe had, she was during pregnancy, she had a fever, she had a tortuous infection, she had a, a viral infection, whatever. And nobody, they didn't think of much of it. It was just a mild fever and they just went on. Well, eventually the child comes out with severe deformities, severe disabilities, usually mental, uh, can't speak, uh, hyperactive, uh, a lot of disabilities, deficiencies there, and she doesn't know what she did wrong. Uh, there are the kids, uh, the mothers, who uh, did everything right. They went for all the antenatal classes. They uh, took all the vitamins and pills. And when it came to delivery, well, the doctors were on strike. <laughs> so oh. they, Gosh. they went to the, the hospital, doctors were on strike, and then they, they eventually had to make do with someone who had 
not much experience and prolonged labor 12 hours 13 hours 14 hours child had uh, was asphyxiated during, during delivery and you come out with a child with several pulse and they're stuck with it well i don't use the word stuck but they have a child that they have to take care of for the rest of their lives we don't have all the wonderful therapists occupational therapists speech therapists uh behavioral therapists uh, all the, I mean, I went to Kennedy Krieger in Baltimore, the mm. Children's Hospital under Johns Hopkins. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I was, I felt like I was in, 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 a, in a maze. I was, I was just dazed, really. At all well, that is things. one of the best places on the planet for these kinds of things. I mean, those folks <laughs> are so ahead of the curve. I mean, they're way ahead of Norfolk. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, you think? Yeah. I mean, they, they had... They don't really have 23. Well, that's more therapists by, uh, most, by most Jews than we have in Nigeria as a whole. So uh, we were, so basically we don't have access to all those things. What we do have access to, which is what I try to promote, is that, you know what? The brain, the body has the ability to, to a certain extent, heal itself. And then with these kids, that potential is, significantly higher than in, in, in adults. Using the right nutrients, and I, many times I speak about, when I'm talking to patients and to other clinicians, I'm talking about putting the building blocks. Because if your brain is damaged, it's like a, a building, part of a building is damaged. You need to put the building blocks back in. And the brain is the master workman, so to speak. The body is the master workman. They, the body knows what to do with the raw materials, the building blocks that you give it. You give it in the right amount for the right amount of time. You can almost, almost see miracles happen. And so that's where we start from. So we, we, we source sort of where, where these, uh, where you find these building blocks, from, these resources, and we provide them for the patients. And like I mentioned earlier, they, we've been seeing some really good results. Hmm. So that's fantastic. So you just, even if you just did uh, basic nutrients without having any testing, you're going to make progress. Absolutely. Of course, it has to be safe because we don't have the testing uh, uh, facilities that you all have over there. So MRI scans, I mean, it's very, very few hospitals have those things. And the, the things you all take for granted, we don't have them. So basically, we, we wanted to deal with things that are safe, things that have been tested, and uh, obviously, it's a crude approach, but it's certainly better than uh, what they currently have. And so, things like omega three, for instance, uh, that's not everybody needs them. That's true, but I can guarantee you, many of these kids with uh, cerebral palsy and brain damage, from one or, or from bilirubin uh, encephalopathy, for instance, all, many of these kids are have very inflamed brains. And having the right uh, grade of omega-3, the right quality. I mean, you can't just go to the, the health food store and get omega-3s. So we get it. We, we source them from very, very, very select areas to get them from. Them. Uh, it really helps a lot of kids. I'm just using that as an example. There are other things, too, that we use as well. So the issue then is, uh, tell us a little bit about this specific brain damage that you see when uh, you, you gave us a couple of examples, but when 
you know, what actually happens to the kids if they're not taken care of? They just are they in hospitals? Do the parents take them home? What what what's that whole picture like? Yeah, yeah, sure. So they when this happens, of course, no one takes this. You nobody really gets takes responsibility, and no one is liable for that. Unfortunately, we don't have the legal system developed to that extent here. So parents just take it as part of their their plight and their 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 luck in life, and they take care of the kids. They take them mm-hmm. home and uh, try their possible best to to help. Um, there are physical therapy centers in the hospitals, so they they bring them over for physical therapy. But that's that's um, pretty much it. If they can't take care of them at home and they can't take them to physical therapy, I mean, we don't have. Uh, there are few centers in the major cities. Uh, that can take care of the kids during the working hours, maybe when, they, when their mothers are off to work somewhere. So they just drop them off like a daycare center. But we don't have those uh, that infrastructure in place where you can take care of these kids. It's usually the families upstairs that are that have to take care of the kids for the rest of their lives. So how does it work for, let me, uh, I just realized what the time is. Let's take a break here. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to ask when we get back. The question then is, how does the Brain and Body Foundation actually decide who they're going to work with and who they're not going to work with? What are the criteria? How does a person really understand, uh, you know, kind of what those objective um, measures are going to be in terms of what they can do and what they can't? I'll, I'll ask you more about that in just a moment for right now. We're going to take a break and listen to a couple words from our sponsors. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations, may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families, including military families, internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know? We refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing. So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, Remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. 
DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's d-h-a-l-a-b.com forward slash core. Well, David, thank you so much again for coming on board because you are uh, a real maven out there. I was so impressed by your thoughts and your contributions at the Walsh at the Walsh Institute. You just did a great job. Um, the observations that you had, the thoughts that you had about what's going on uh, physiologically, brain science. What do you do then? Back to the question: How does the brain? and Body Foundation there in Nigeria select who they're going to work with. I mean, they just can't, I'm, I'm imagining, I don't know what happens. They, they, they must select and be focused on certain things, or do they take certain groups of people and do certain standard protocols? How does all that work? Yeah, good question. Um, let me start by saying we started very, very small. So basically when I would travel, I would just buy things and things I think we needed and just come and stock them back home. And then what would happen would be the pediatricians in the government hospitals, they would, okay, they would have this patient with cerebral palsy, for instance, and they would say, well, call Dr. Ajibadi so they would give them my number. And I would say, well, come on over, let's see what we can do. And then we, then when they come in, we would, uh, we, we would talk to them and see. And then basically you can tell who, whether this person is actually actually qualified for parents, that is, whether they qualify for free help. And so we would just, just explain to them what it entails. Um, and uh, if they can't, if they, they can't afford it, well, obviously that switches over to the foundation. And they will say, well, this is what we can do. And basically, Chuck, truth is, we just gave what the little that we could do that could help. And Quite frankly, at one point, I sometimes I just didn't think it was going to do much. But again, I was shocked because, like I mentioned earlier, these kids have tremendous potential, tremendous reserves, regenerative abilities. That the slightest, slightest help, help you can give them, their bodies just maximize it. They just make the most oh, of fantastic. it. Fantastic! So, That's and, great. Yeah. So. Uh, Small things here and there that we could give. And so that really got me thinking that, hey, if we could get these results with as little as this, how much more or how much further could we go if we really had the help that we needed? And so that's kind of like what spurred me to start uh, talking to more people and seeking, seeking help. I regard. got you. So then you mentioned something earlier. Do individuals who wish to contribute, do they... Uh, is there some connection they have with the individuals they're helping? Did you said something like adopted child? Obviously, they're not going to bring somebody over necessarily from Nigeria. But how do they do they adopt a certain activity and a certain progress with a certain family or child? How does all that work? So for that, we and then we're putting that in place. We can send pictures. They can uh, they can select which child they want to um, uh, support for six months, a year, and then we'll just give them monthly updates so they can see exactly how the child is doing. And then they can uh, watch videos of the parents talking about the progress the child is making. 
so they know exactly what uh, how they're well. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be great. Right, we can certainly put all that together and let them let them see exactly what happens. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds fantastic. So, what's your thought on the next level about how the Walsh situation is going to work for you? What's what's your thought about that? Well, you know, because as I, as I was talking before, I was like, boy, I would really wish, really wish we could really get uh, to get this, these testing going. I mean, I mentioned to you that we've gotten this whole box DHA, really generous without any cost on our on our part. They send us a whole box of testing kits, and they're with they're willing to work with us as much as possible to to bring the cost down. But even at that. <laughs> um, um, it's still costly to to send the test samples to the U.S. and back. So um, right now, I've got a whole box of kids, uh, and we have a lot of people who could, who could, who could do it, who could, uh, who could use use these kids. And the question now is uh, the cost, uh, having them pay for the test. Uh, I mentioned to a few people, never heard back from them again. <laughs> they said they will be back, but we're still waiting. So that's kind of like a bottleneck, Chuck, to be quite mm-hmm. frank with you. Uh, so how do they do it, David? Do they do, they do uh, FedEx or how did, what's the cost problem so we could understand that? For a child, uh, for one person, we're looking at upwards of 500 to $700. That includes uh, the FedEx, the shipping, and uh, the tests per, I mean, each test. Like for instance, the pyrrole, the copper, the uh, vitamin D, those things all all combined. I think we're in the studio about five or six different tests. So all that combined can spike the price. I got you. So it, it sounded like part of the big disincentive. So there's a total disincentive from the whole thing. Can you break it down and just do some fundamental testing, for example? Is there something you could do that would be just like, Let's say you just did, I, uh, not IgG, but let's say you just did methylation and uh, whole blood histamine. Is that possible? It is, but for childhood autism, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, you, you certainly have more experience with this than I do, Chuck. Uh, for children with autism, if we narrowed it down, I mean, that, that, that may work. I, I just, I just did, uh, from my from the classes I attended, it seemed like they needed yeah. uh, more tests. Than yeah, yeah. Well, do they do in Nigeria, do they have the ability to do some of that stuff is uh, able to be done at LabCorp? I don't think LabCorp does the kind of job that they should, to tell you the truth. We don't use LabCorp because we get such uh, confusion. I mean, uh, you, you send in for a whole blood histamine and you don't know what you're getting back. Uh, having said that, do you, have you talked to anybody in Nigeria about what can be done over there with the laboratories that exist there? Well, here's the, here's the problem. Uh, when I came back, we we were even trying to just do the heavy metal, like uh, lead, mercury, and all those things. And mm-hmm. You would think that oh, we can. They ship them to South Africa. Oh, they do. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, at least the tests, I've still, the, the eight or nine tests that are the DHA, 
the itemized list. I uh, I don't think we do any of them here. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one. Well, no, that's the same way with me, David, over here in the U.S. We That's why we like DHA, and that's why we're so happy to have them on as a sponsor, because, you know, we've tried to do, I mean, people come into, uh, we're here in Virginia Beach. We're in a military town. Um, it's not yeah. an entirely military town. It's a, we got a big naval base here and a number of, of the armed services here. And they support their the care for their people who are uh, active duty. And even with that, mm-hmm. we can't really get the work done with LabCorp in this town. I mean, they'll do it, but you just can't read it. It's not it's not clinically useful and it's not able to be interpreted to the person in, in an effective way. That's why we like DHA so much. Uh, and so we send mm-hmm. all that stuff out. Uh, for methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper out to DHA because we know we get back, we've got something that's readable, it's a basic foundation. But to be honest with you, David, we only do uh, the three there. Sometimes if a person really has a clear thing, you know, being African-Americans, they may have some specific problems with vitamin D. We see that all the time in the States. It's amazing to me how African-Americans, I guess they wouldn't be African-Americans, they would be Africans. Uh, but I was thinking about the 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 color the skin color does keep vitamin d low and here in the united states people just don't test for vitamin d you can get in america african-americans they come in and they have they've got serious issues with a variety of problems and they have haven't even tested them for vitamin d uh, which is that one's available at LabCorp. that's an easy one to get but the other ones that are relevant uh you know we just we just don't get a good response from LabCorp, and that's why we use DHA. But to, to tell you the truth, David, we just do the, the that that series there from DHA. Now, another one we find some use with is uh, immunoglobulin G, immunoglobulin G, the qualitative testing, because that immune system dysregulation seems to be so directly uh, contributory to the downstream uh uh, issues with whole blood histamine, copper, and cryptopyrrole because they they uh, they influence and they really create a significant problem. So we so that might be a way to to cut down some of the and uh, just stay with those basic three. Uh, I'm I'm not obviously I, I don't know the variables involved with your situation, but I I mean that's what we do here and it, and it works quite well to tell you the truth. So um, WBG, yep. IgG, and, and then vitamin D, did you say? Yeah, I would do vitamin oh, D just much. because of the skin color and the possibility, even though you're in Africa and, and the sun is there, a lot of these kids really don't have, they have significant problems with vitamin D. And I'll tell you, another right. cost-effective thing that you can do is uh, hair analysis. Uh, we use trace elements and... Trace Elements uh, does a very effective uh, hair analysis. And honestly, I think it's only like 50 bucks over here. Uh, it's, okay. it's, it's, not a high, it's not a high cost, two or $300 thing, but it gives you a lot of good information about heavy metals and the ratio of heavy metals to other nutrients, micronutrients, which is... Uh, which is, is yeah, it's is that a company? Or yeah, it's a company, it? Trace Elements, and it's. Um, I've got a fellow that I interviewed who uses Trace Elements a lot, and I've got the links on that. So if you go to Corbrain Journal and type in 
uh, hair analysis or even hair would probably come up and and you can get the link to trace elements and we've used them. He uses them. I think a lot of people who are into the micronutrient uh, and and the and the um, the minerals use trace elements, and it's very effective. Okay. And I I, I'm, okay. I may not be right, David, about that price, but it, it's not a high cost item, and you get a lot of really good information back. And of course, you don't have the shipping problem because it's only hair. You don't have the whole thing of you know is it, is it freeze dried or whatever and all that other stuff. You right. Right. So, so that's uh, something. I, I, dry ice is the word, actually. I, yes. I, I, I never heard that before. The reason they dry ice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm not that involved with that part of what we do, uh, just because it's a, a whole other thing to be involved with. But, but that's a thought for you that would give you perhaps a little more of a cost-effective thing that you could use. And then if you trim down the requirements, even if you just said, hey, they're sick and we're going to give them vitamin D and you don't have to really test for vitamin D because you can pretty well presume that, that, that right. they're not going to get toxic on it if you give them a, a low dose of vitamin D and then really get the methylation, cryptopyrrole and copper thing underway. Um, you know, it's, it's, we have so much good luck with it. It's one of the reasons I'm so enthusiastic about the Walsh training and then using the Walsh training. Yeah, I mean, you're on the list, serve, I'm sure, and you see what people are talking about. But those, a lot of the people are talking yeah. about things that are, you know, way, way beyond. There, those, there are a lot of people in that listserv who are very, very deep on, on all kinds of other levels of activity. And that's why it's so good to be on the listserv. But in terms of ordinary molecular cellular physiology, those three make a big difference in the, in the lives of ordinary people. And they're still going to be in the cost range of around... Um, over here in U.S. dollars, um, about three hundred dollars, two three hundred dollars, something like that. Um, but anyway, right. that's something to think about. Might be helpful. Okay. 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 Yeah, definitely want to hash that out more with you as you go along. Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is, I think what happens is, uh, Direct Health Access has several different levels of activity, and that would be an elemental level. You know, the, all, all the information is helpful. There's no question about it. But if you're in a situation where you're in a, a relative poverty situation and you just people are just, they have no resources, then obviously if you're going to do something with the government or with donors or whatever, you just go to the most cost-effective, lowest, lowest cost. Those are what I would say the three basics. And you get them done and you, and you, and you can make progress with them. And we've had luck. David, just recognizing from whole blood histamine and and doing, uh, you know, a specific uh, methylation with SAMe. We, if we know that, the, that they're undermethylated and we use SAMe, we have people get significantly better just using SAMe alone. Uh, SAMe is an expensive supplement, but it can be so useful. We, the only thing, and the reason to do the testing is some people over here uh, are actually overmethylated, and because they've done the MTHFR polymorphism routine, they think that the person is undermethylated just based on that MTHFR finding alone and give a whole bunch of methyl products and make the person even more overmethylated, and that person is, is completely overwhelmed. I mean, I talked with Dr. Walsh a little bit in that interview with him, 
Uh, and, 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 you know, the issue is that's a really hard one to turn around when there's very seriously overmethylated. So, so that, right. that, that's, right. a, that's a basic one. I mean, if I were going to, in terms of, if I were bare bones and had none of the accoutrements and none of the things, and I were down to what could I do? Uh, I would definitely start, of course, the copper and the zinc are not going to be that expensive. Uh, the, the cryptopyrrole is going to be a little more expensive. And then the whole blood histamine is really not going to be that expensive. And then you get those little bases. I think the cryptopyrrole probably is going to be a little more, I, I don't know what the exact cost on the cryptopyrrole is, but you can have a very, very good foundation with just those tests alone. Yeah. Sorry to be repeating myself, but it's just uh, uh, my. No, it's good. Would, would it be the copper zinc ratio or just yes. the copper and. The copper zinc ratio. See, when you get the copper, see, you can skip the serialoplasm because if you got a copper zinc ratio that's off, serialoplasm might be a, a, a cost. Uh, so if you just get the copper zinc ratio and it's over 1.0, even if it's 1.2, you know you got a copper problem. Because that copper is going to take that that dopamine and turn it over to norepinephrine, and that norepinephrine is going to make them anxious, and and we see that happen so often with so many folks when they have the copper. And of course, now you're dealing with young children, so you don't have a lot of people who are menstruating, but that copper problem is so remarkably present in individuals who are menstruating, and uh, even adolescent women, we see it happen all the time. And if you get that balanced out with zinc, that's a very fundamental thing. So even if you look at just copper and zinc and start there and do the methylation, just as those things alone, even if you skip cryptopyrrole, that is a great start for sort of a foundation experience. And you can begin to see what you can do. And then you'll know if, you're, if you do those and it's not working that you are in fact missing something. And then that throws you over into, well, maybe I really need to get that cryptopyrrole or I need to do something else. Uh, and I think what you're doing with uh, omega-3 fatty acids is terrific because that is that's a uh, a very big it's a very big item as you well know. So and you could do vitamin D and omega threes and those three tests the copper the zinc and the uh, uh, whole blood histamine and you could get a lot of mileage out of that. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that that's definitely helpful. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Well, I hope I hope it works for you. You know. And, and naturally, you know, David, you and I have been talking. I'd be happy to talk to you anytime off offline. But since we're talking here, I thought I'd just share that with you. And and you're welcome to call me anytime because I'd be very happy to help you out any way I could over there. You get it done. Well, I appreciate that. Make it happen. Well, David, the one other question I want to ask you. We're going to wind up. We've been at this, and I and I we're going to for those folks who are listening regarding that. Uh, Brain and Body Foundation. That link is going to be in our show notes uh, for this interview with Dr. David Ajabadi, and we're going to we're going to have it there. Now, one other thing I want to ask you about because I know you're very interested in veterans, and you know it was shocking to me to really think about the war that you folks have over there, and and I don't want to get anywhere near po politics. If you feel because you're in country that talking about the war over there is is unacceptable, I'll close that question down. But it sounds like that war has led you also into the brain issues with brain injury and PTSD as well. It sounds like that's another area of interest that you have. Right, right, sure. 
and uh, it, 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 it kind of highlighted this uh, big problem, uh, not just among the civilians, but also the, combat, the combatants as well, the military as well. So they're beginning to see the problems and they're willing to, to, to do something about it. We just, we, we just hope we can, um, we can work on it. I mean, it, it, it's the same everywhere, Chuck. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when men are involved in warfare, and we're talking about uh, this increase in stress hormones, uh, inability to sleep, um, mm-hmm. the, the body gets all wound up, so yeah. uh, and then and it, it, and then they see then the additional thing here, of course, are the atrocities that uh, oh. the soldiers witness. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about kids being butchered and all kinds of gruesome acts, and and the human mind and the human body just weren't uh, designed for such things, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it is a problem uh, of substance abuse because they're trying to cope with it and depression and fear and uh, yeah. emotional issues going on. So what we've tried, tried to do is to, to explain and try to work with, with the military and such issues to, to show that, well, these are all uh, things that are not just emotional or psychological they're actually affecting the structure and function of the brain. Mm-hmm. And we try to show that we try to show that there are uh, there are using the same analogy of uh, of a building, uh, we can help using nutrients to help repair that damage and mm-hmm. hopefully get them out of yeah. We're still yeah. in the process. It, it's a new concept and obviously uh, psychiatrists would, would certainly want to do it the traditional way of sitting down in front of a, in front of the patient and talking them through their problems. But I, my argument is that we, we don't we don't have that many healthcare professionals, and certainly not too many who are trained to deal with PTSD problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we need to work with what we have. What we have. So uh, it's a bit of a challenge trying to explain these things, but they they open the door. And so um, that's encouraging enough, and we'll try to walk through it as much as we possibly can. Well, David, there's so much to talk about. I mean, you're right on the frontier there in a way. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult situation. And I know some of our listeners are going to get in there and pitch in and do what they can to help you out because it's what we do over here. It's what we do in the USA. It's like this is part of... You know, anything we can do to contribute to the lives of others who are suffering like this is just, uh, and, and I really admire your courage for standing up and being counted in a, in a challenging situation, taking the time, spending the money to come over here and get the training. It's expensive to run over here and then get back and, and really be so much on the edge. I know I'm, I'm on the edge here in Virginia Beach, so I know you're on the edge uh, in Nigeria because- you know, people think, Parker, what are you talking about here? This is the USA. We want to use medications for everything. And, uh, you know, you're you're completely out of the box. And I tell people, I'm so far in the box, I look like I'm out of the box, you know. And, <laughs> and you, you really are. You're talking about the basic functioning, right? Well, and I think you that's are, really too. Well. That's why I'm actually giving you a hint. That's a, that's a, You can copy that anytime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take it. 
Good. So, well, listen, I got to go, buddy, and I'm going to uh, sign off now. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Dr. David Ajabadi out there in Nigeria, thanks so much. I know it's really late over there. And we just appreciate you staying up and having the conversation with us. It's really, really appreciated. It's been a blast, Chuck. Thank you so much. I'm we'll do it again sometime. Keep us posted on what's going on over there, if you will. Will do. Will do. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications, like those written for ADHD, are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.